All right, what is going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast, episode number 75. Ooh, we're getting close to 25 more. The countdown has begun. All right. Well, we're almost there. It is officially summer. At least that's how it feels like here in San Diego. But, you know, it is what it is. Riding season. A little warmer. I'm glad I usually wear the uh, vented gear. And, uh, actually, we're going to be talking to the guys over at uh, Moscow Moto soon here about some apparel. Because, well, they make some pretty badass stuff. And I am definitely curious to learn more about it. I do know that they operate more on a layering type system rather than, you know, all-inclusive, you know, the jacket with everything in it with the works. So I definitely want to find some more out about that. But let's see here. Okay, today's episode, we are in the bivouac with Chris Tabner. I'm going to be talking to him. Got a chance to meet up with him. Apparently a long-time listener, first-time caller kind of deal. Uh, got to meet him at the Baja Rally, American Rally Original San Quintin training. So definitely excited to talk to him a little bit about his rally experience and trainings and things that he has done thus far. So looking forward to that. But before we get started on that, let's talk some rally news and what we have got going on. It is going to be Sunday when you guys hear this. It's actually uh, Monday. Tuesday, I don't know, 4th of July weekend, yeah, I don't know, all the days kind of just blended together, so lots happening, going on, let's see here, big announcement today, it's kind of at work, and all of a sudden it was like, bam, and well, let's see if we can find it, there it is, alright, let's turn the party down, so... KTM officially announced today, or at least released the information and registration opened up for the KTM Adventure Rally. So we are going to Idaho. So looking forward to seeing that. This is going to be my first year out, kind of checking it out. I know uh, it's been on hold for a couple of years. It's COVID thing and all. And so now we're uh, we're back, and definitely I'm curious to see what it is. They talked about a new format, some new stuff going on, so I'm definitely excited to hear uh, more about it, find out more details. Uh, but for now, I know that the registration is, in fact, open. Uh, if I remember correctly, it is 375 for registered riders and 175 or 350 for registered riders, 175. If you just want basically the bivouac pass to get in, get the meals, that kind of stuff and be in the event. Uh, so that's at least the information that I know thus far. Uh, I do see that uh, in, in just tooling around uh, the ADB rally. So the adventure rally and camp Geico. Uh, puts on that's going to be in november 3rd through the 5th so a lot going on there we do have the jacob argybright dakar fundraiser rally that's going to be happening on or in around that same time so definitely going to get you guys some more details on that as they become available to me uh, i know that gnarly dave and jacob argybright have been out riding uh, and putting the routes together and getting everything ready i think they've already got half of the routes done and ready so that's going to be coming up pretty fast. You know, November November is not too far away. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, 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 where is the one for... 
I want to know about the KTM details or the rally, KTM rally for... We got a rally wrap. See, this is a tease. So I'm on I'm on adbpulse.com, right? I'm getting the news. I saw it break on there. So let's let's find that what's going on. But then they have like teaser pictures of um, you know, the KTM rally replica, the four fifty, uh, you know, bikes that we can't get here. So, you know, kind of a bummer, but ah, it is what it is. Uh, let's see here. Why can't I find this stuff? Why is it always that I'm like under pressure? I'm like, okay, I got to find this stuff and now I can't find it. Um, not, not the business. So, uh, KTM adventure ADV rally Idaho 2022. Let's see what we got here. All right. Now, right. September 16th through the 18th. Uh, that is going to be, it is the KTM adventure rider rally. Uh, going on so i will drop a link in the description so you guys can grab that and uh, get signed up for the event if you would like and feeling so inclined Uh, i'll share some more details on it as i'm getting closer to to figuring out and going and doing all of that so uh, definitely looking forward to that as well Uh, let me get this link over to our guest so he can uh, that one there here we go Let's send them over there, put that here, and sent. All right, and now we go back to the chat. Okay, so let's see here. Okay, so KTM Adventure Rally, um, got all sorts of stuff. Uh, I did see Travis from every single Sunday riding in some far off place on a uh, 1290. Um, mm-hmm. That thing's an animal. They're saying it here, uh, 160 horsepower, 1290 Super Adventure R. So very interesting. Uh, the horsepower race has begun. I think KTM's always kind of been the leader in that side of it, right? Putting out some adventure bikes with some gnarly horsepower as compared to like BMW and Yamaha and those other guys. Yamaha, no slouch. KT or uh, BMW may not put up the horsepower numbers that KTM does, but they do make a very linear bike. So I will give them that. Uh, the KTM does feel a little bit more race bred than say a BMW does, but a BMW is like that old trusty you know, that you want to have. So I'm actually looking forward to spending some time. I think I've rented out my 850 more this past year than I've actually ridden it, which I don't think is right. But I think it's time to get that thing, uh, get that thing some miles under my belt with that bike uh, and just getting out and riding. I talked about it in the last episode. It was just kind of nice to get out and ride and and just, you know, it, it demands such an amount of focus from you that it takes you away from all the other stress, all the other stuff that's going on. So uh, if you guys aren't riding adventure bikes and you're stick, uh, sticking strictly with the with the skinny bikes, do it up. Go out, go out on those long rides. Put that desert tank on there. See how far you can go um, within reason. Right? We don't want people stranded. Uh, or if you've been eyeballing it, uh, adventure bikes. Right now, the middleweight class in adventure bikes is absolutely hot. It is fire because you've got the 700 from uh, Yamaha, the Tenere 700, the KTM 890 now. Um, you've got Aprilla joining the ranks. Uh, then who's the other, uh, man, everybody's got like, uh, everybody's taking a shot at it. Dude, the Ducati that I love the Ducati for that old school. Look, I want a Ducati with a lucky strike, um, set up on it. That's, that is going to be my, uh, my like dream bike to get, you know, as far as adventure bikes go. But anyway, 
it sounds like, or more looks like, uh, we have got Chris now on the line. Let's see. Chris, you there? Hey, what's happening? Yeah, hey, what's happening? Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, sir. Loud and clear. All right. Very nice. Well, welcome to episode 75 of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Pleasure to be here. Thanks a lot for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. All right. So are you back and recuperated? Uh, yeah, I'm back and recuperated. And uh, I think I'm trying to abuse myself more and more to get better at this thing called rally. <laughs> ah, yes, this sport where one gets lost on purpose. <laughs> so, so tell me how, uh, I mean, what was, uh, what was your last event? Where, where you come from? Where are you coming back? From? Okay. Well, so, uh, yeah, where are we coming back from? That's a good question. Uh, so actually my, 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 my whole journey ended up being about five weeks long, but that's because of other, uh, work and, and family things we did along the way. But, uh, essentially what's relative to, uh, this discussion is the, uh, Baja rally school down in San Quintin, I think was about, uh, a month ago now, five weeks ago. And, uh, uh, yeah, I got. I got to say that it was uh, it, it was quite an experience. I, I was uh, it, it was kind of eye opening in a lot of ways um, for me, anyway. Nice. So, was this your first like formal training in rally, or had you dabbled in before? Um, this was the um, first. Yeah, this was this was the first real rally experience I, I'd done. Um, uh, I have a group of friends, and uh, a couple of years ago, we kind of figured out uh, about this whole roadbook thing, really, and uh, started making roadbooks. And just, you, you know, it's a local, like we're in San Francisco Bay Area, so there's not a lot of off-road places where we can really go. But in, in the pursuit of um, trying to confuse your friends more and more and more, uh, we tried to find the most obscure roads and... Um, back alleys and uh basically like uh what, what i would just affectionately call bum trails that you know usually lead into some little wasteland under some railroad track somewhere and then pop out somewhere else but there, there's a lot of uh free range camping going on in those places and um yeah so you know we started doing that and kind of more and more i think i think with uh more exposure on YouTube uh, in general. I believe that uh, it started becoming more of a reality that um, this uh, roadbook rally thing, rally raid, uh, in was accessible. I guess for uh, an, an average person, if, if you will, like, um, and, and and that was really uh, kind of the light came on. But there, there's always like doing anything there's there's always a big uh you know uh reticent leap into the pool before you figure out you can actually swim or not i guess mm -hmm. yeah at some at some point you got to jump in <laughs> it's yeah, just not yeah, gonna happen for sure way. so okay so this is interesting though is that in, in so when i think san francisco i'm thinking metropolitan i'm like i'm thinking like uh, obviously city, dense city, dense population, that kind of stuff. So were you guys like doing roadbooks just on the outskirts or through the city and through these, what was that like? Um, well, 
so yeah, we're 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 basically kind of uh, like like I'm I'm down south of San Francisco a little bit as as well as a majority of the people that that uh, I, I tend to hang around with, and so we have um, some some great areas on um, in the hill like the Santa Cruz Mountains and the hills and stuff between Half Moon Bay and uh, Santa Cruz and a little further south where you have these like. Um, if you know where to look for them, there's these really awesome like country roads that go through everything from deep redwood forest canyons uh, to you know kind of rolling green plains, and then you pop out and you're on the and you're on the ocean on the Pacific Ocean, and, uh, and yeah, so so that that's the the best. Um, the, you know the the best the best stuff is obviously away from traffic when you can really just ride and focus and stuff. But uh, the, the downside of that is uh, if you're you know on a small country road and you're coming to a turn at you know mile twenty five, it's probably pretty obvious that there's a turn at mile twenty five. Okay. And and you're not you're not going to be too uh, if if you if you miss it, you probably just weren't paying attention or something. It's it's not like when you run into, uh, you know, five um, less visible tracks that all come together in the sand and you got to pick, you know, the one that goes out at two o'clock or something like that, yeah. where it's a, l- a little more confusing. It's either, you know, right turn, left turn, or maybe some junction, but it, but it's not very complicated. How, however, the, the whole process of doing that is, you know, we're, we're all trying to kind of one-up each other on the uh, most obscure roads and, and finds that we could find, it, it, you know, yeah. so that that's kind of what the cool part is, is I've been riding here for decades and I actually found roads and things not far from home that were, I'd never discovered before, strangely enough, because you always tend to go on the same route that you took with your buddies last week or the week before or something. Yeah. That is, I mean, you know, it, it was interesting because I, I dropped a comment and I talked about that. Uh, I saw your comment on the 850 video, you know, that, I'm, that I set it up with a manual roadbook holder and doing that adventure raid stuff. And that's exactly what it is, is what you guys are doing, you know, going going out. And it's, yeah, big roads. It's meant to be a very uncomplicated roadbook. But it's just the idea of just navigating by a roadbook, you know, and, and we'll, we'll save the complicated stuff if you really, really want to go out on a skinny bike and, and get out into the desert. But otherwise, it's just the the fun that you guys are having. How, how many people are in your group, would you say? Um, you know, there's there's typically uh, th- three of us that are kind of dedicated to that. And then there's always a fringe four, mm-hmm. five and six. Um, and then there's definitely I've been kind of reaching out on on some of the local motorcycle forums and things trying to get more people involved and really the hardest part is everybody um you know of our age has work and a family life and a significant other that that has a, a honeydew list or something and so uh i i, I would and, and kind of to your point really is is this my my approach to this was really to try to get um people more involved in this idea of road books, I guess, without, and this was, this was prior, this was prior to knowing of the chasing waypoint podcast, and which was kind of 
strange listening to your podcast afterwards and then realizing like all these ideas I thought were my own actually weren't my own that that (laughs) through through the power of the universe it somehow like seeped into my head but um you know the the whole the whole concept of you know everybody goes out and rides and, and we all enjoy riding and we all live in these areas and people can't really most people can't really go far but if you can organize some road books and get some people together um they can rediscover their same place in a whole new way and uh learn kind of something really cool i just think it's really cool like the the whole navigation thing is just is kind of awesome and uh you know I'm, i'm not a i'm not a stellar writer but uh i'd like to think that i can at least navigate remotely well well, and, and, you know, it's interesting. And I've, I, as my time as race director and I've said it in, in multiple presentations or, or talks that have been, but it's at the end, I will take a navigator over somebody that can ride really, really fast because in navigation, you could ride really fast off into the sunset in the wrong direction. And, and right. So, so there's that it, it, it opens so, it up. So I ride really, really slow. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and and just hope that uh i make the right turn at the right time that everybody else that was going really fast you know missed or something or at least that i, I you know i'm not going to hold up everybody at the end of the day waiting for the last rider to come in but mm-hmm. um now you know so some of some of this going back a little further um uh going going back to like my my early 20s uh, I'm, I'm 50 years old now so there's a whole other story there why i'm kind of getting into rally but um there in my early 20s i was a motorcycle courier and uh and i worked as a bike messenger and things before but uh, essentially the job of a, of a motorcycle courier is rally mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we back back then, a lot of it was just you had to carry a pocket full of nickels and use pay phones, you know, then pagers came along. But uh, there, there was no GPS and, and no Internet. And, and so you had you carried in the back of your um, in, in your bag, you carried, uh, you know, some Thomas guides and some road maps and things. And your job was to you get a address and. You got to go find this place and go meet somebody on the third floor of some building and pick up some document, throw it in your bag, and then you got to ride wherever it's going. And sometimes you end up with um, four or five or six, um, you know, deliveries in there that you got to kind of route yourself and things. And and there's a whole. Um, uh, I, I was as a as a as a bicycle on, on the, that was on the motorcycle too, but on, but on the bicycle, I, like I raced bicycles a lot as a kid, and, and later on road racing, and then uh, in the messenger world, um, there's these things called alley cat races, mm-hmm. which are the uh, black flag races um, where you know everybody meets at a parking lot or a bar or something. And then uh, somebody's created essentially what we call a manifest. It's not really a road book, but it's a series of addresses or things you have to go do. It's kind of like a scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. And then everybody takes off and races. Well, that, that eventually evolved into um, a um, more organized fashion. There's actually a world championships for uh, bike messengers. There's North American championships and world championships. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of the same thing where they've set up a course with a bunch of different points on it. And sometimes you have like five or eight things and you got to figure out how to route yourself in the most efficient way around it. And, uh, 
at at one point I was uh, for one year I was the fastest North American bike courier. I finished fourth place at the World Championships, which which was the only measure at the time. But uh, but all but all of that uh, thought process and, and things kind of like evolves into rally in, in that sense of following directions and hitting waypoints and kind of keeping your head together while you're under stress, you know? Yeah. Well, and then, you know, it's figuring it out, having to route yourself, do all of that stuff, navigate and, and physically exerting yourself at the same time. There's, it, it, it is exactly like it, it to me. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to what you described. First of all, I had no idea there was even championships of this. You know, I remember watching the movies and in the movies you would see bike carriers and things like that. But I had no idea that that even existed uh, championship wise or like there was competitive oh, yeah. events like that. Oh, no. And it, it's it, it's it's awesome in the sense of, uh, you know, every six months or a, a year, you would get together with these uh, people. And it was always in a different city around the world. So uh, you'd go to some, you know, amazing places. Like we'd go to Barcelona one year and everybody would show up and hang out for two or three weeks and just ride bikes around and go to bars and, and have a good time. And, and then there was a, a competition that was uh, pretty highly contested. But, uh, but yeah, there, there was, you know, quite quite a lot of fun and then you, you develop this group of international friends as would be like the same thing as rally you know where, where you get this as you do these events you meet different people who uh you know live in different parts of the world but every you know every event there these guys all show up and so you get to spend like two weeks with these people and that's the only time of the year you see them and and the, the camaraderie and the travel and stuff is is a i, I think a big part of it like it, it, it racing in general inspires you to go to places uh you probably would never go to anyway you know there i mean there is very little difference between that and rally it seems like other than the fact that you got to pedal to move anywhere but and that maybe the distance is covered but i mean that that i'm i'm blown away like i had no idea that that, that even existed I yeah you can you, you can look it up cycle messenger world championships it, it's it's uh i think in 1995 my uh, that something like that maybe even a little earlier, maybe a year earlier, but Germany was the first one. Mm-hmm. Then Toronto held one. There was one in San Francisco and New York. And yeah, so it, it just, it changes. And that's, that's what's amazing about it too. Like I say, you go to these places, you just would never go to. And then you end up spending like two or three weeks there with a bunch of local people who show you all the greatest things, you know, nice. Yeah, travel and see the world. The So tell me about like, Okay, so we, you know, you went through the the bike messenger phase, so the navigating motorcycle messenger, doing that. When when did the transition? Like, when did the rally thing happen? When we were like, okay, I want to do some road book stuff. Well, so I have this. Uh, so I have a model. Actually, I have a, a pretty large scale model of you know, like a, a plastic. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the brand is, but it's of a. Um, uh, it's it's of the uh, uh, Gaston Rayhers GS nice. from the 1985 Dakar, and it's it's never been assembled. Mm-hmm. I still I, I pull it out, I look at it. It's got rubber tires and stuff like that. And you gotta like it's bolts for the heads and, and things. But I've had this model 
um, that I never built since I was, I think, 17 years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, you know, like, like, so, uh, kind of, you know, with, with, with cycling comes a little sense of European sensibilities too, for, for other sports and things. And, and of course, so Dakar rally, uh, was always, you know, of interest and, um, and, you know, you kind of watch it from afar and until like internet and things, we really didn't have, you know, much information on it. Um, but, uh, you know, fast forward, I go, so I, I do a lot of bike, bike racing, bike messengering, and, and then uh, a motorcycle courier for uh, quite a long time. And and then I just started, um, you know, kind of adventure touring. I, I just, there, there was there was a, a bunch of things that, that kind of led to that. Uh, but there's, uh, um, at, at some point, you know, I just started traveling a lot on the bike. And, you know, just, just started with a duffel bag on the back and, and really roughing it and on some you know, CB 500 or something like that, you know, no luggage, no bags, no windscreen, no nothing, you know, you're hardcore, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need any of that stuff. What it's yeah. raining. I don't need rain gear, you know, and you just, you know, and, but then, you know, and, and eventually, you know, kind of progressed into longer things. And, um, about seven years ago, eight years ago, me and, um, uh, my significant other did, uh, on two bikes, we rode, you know, coast to coast, and uh we tried to back roads as much as we could uh you know dirt roads back roads uh and just you know camping and uh visiting family on the way and stuff like that it took about i think seven weeks and I met a lot of other cool motorcycle dudes on the way who were also doing their own weird trips and uh and you know and that's that's kind of uh, and, and then, so, you know, now, uh, like I turned 50 last year and, uh, I've been, you know, with, with the exposure on the internet, there's, there's more and more information on rally and you get to see more stuff, obviously Red Bull TV, you know, they're going to show you all the highlights and things, but you do get to see some pretty cool stuff. So then I'm kind of like, well, I'm 50, I got maybe, you know, six or six or eight good physical years where I could really kind of bust myself up and recover from it before it's too late. <laughs> so if I'm going to do this stuff, I'm going to do this stuff, then, uh, you know, now's the time. And, and I actually had, um, uh, the time like with work and stuff that, that, that I had the time and, and, and I had some of the funds. And so that's, that's really kind of what started gearing, um, me, towards the actual, like I said, jumping into the pool as opposed to just, you know, sitting on the sidelines and watching what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I've been, been, been riding, like doing, just like I said, a lot of adventure touring, off-road riding, things like that on the bigger bikes. And so, um, and it's funny cause listening to your podcast and, and my friends comment on all this all the time where they go, you know, you just keep going, you keep downsizing motorcycles. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you go from the one thousand to the six ninety <laughs> to the six fifty <laughs> to the five hundred. <laughs> Pretty soon, I would be down to like you know riding a CT fifty for <laughs> for rally or something yeah. like that. Just, you know, I picture a TW two hundred with yeah. a, a handlebar roadbook setup. <laughs> Yeah, if I could pick it up with one hand, that would be awesome. You yeah. know, it's like <laughs> well, if we keep it up, we're all going to be riding the electric. What is that? The Stark Varg that's coming up. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. I don't know if you can pick it up though. I mean, that thing I'm imagining is still going to be pretty heavy. Yeah, it, it's um, 
No, that, but that's that, you know, and, and I'll say that about the, uh, and, and, and I have to say, I, I, have a lot, I had a, a lot of help um, from a lot of great people during the uh, Baja Rally School because uh, two factors. I, I had the 690, you know, it's got, I didn't have it fully topped off, but it's got rally tanks and a rally tower and, and all the, the stuff that makes it heavier. And, um, and then there were sand dunes, which I have really no experience in. And, and so there was, uh, the first, the first day or two or a couple days, I, I think I, I just, I must've kind of lucked out and just kind of blipped my way through it somehow and was like, Oh yeah, that's not so bad. But then at some point I was just picking all the wrong lines and things. And I had to pick up that bike so many times and I felt so bad for the abuse I was inflicting on it. Uh, and, and yeah, it, you know, it wears on you and it, we were kind of fortunate that it was only about 70 some degrees Mm-hmm. Uh, because if it had been, you know, full blown um, uh, Baja Mexico in 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 the heat, um, you know, like that that would have been a whole different story. Trying to pick up that bike in the sand constantly, would you know? Yeah, you, you just went overheat. So mm-hmm. yeah, the first time, the second time, and the third time are usually the ones you you're like, okay, I'm all right. <laughs> Anything after that, it starts to get really wearing you down. You're, you're starting to run because you're also using the legs and everything else to continue to ride the thing as well. So, oh yeah, and and and, I, and I've already I kind of knew this and just hadn't really like accepted the fact. But even we were down at the Death Valley Rally mm-hmm. uh, before that, you know, back in I think December or something, and my buddy was on a 990, and I was on the 690, and we we're going over Mangle Pass, which is just a rocky jeep cheap trail kind of that goes uh past the the uh barker ranch where the manson guy, the mansons were mm-hmm. stuff like that uh but um and you know all these guys on these 250s are just like just blipping just bouncing off the rocks just going right right past us no problem do 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 do, do you know it's try to manhandle this like 400 pound machine over this like stupid pass that's been all tore up by jeeps and things and not not the business yeah it wasn't that wasn't fun till we got down the mountain and then we were on the other side and you could do like you know 60 70 on the deep gravel and stuff and and then it became fun but yeah yeah, but but the technical stuff was 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 pretty horrid i i did all right uh i and actually my buddy on the on the 990 uh for riding that bike did a great job like uh you know for for what it was but uh yeah, you just can't get over the fact that those things are way too heavy to be in certain places. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and it's, it's like anything else. I feel like there is a, there's a speed that needs to be a minimum speed that needs to be achieved for the bike to feel light. And just like an airplane, I think it's the bigger the plane, the faster you got to be going or it falls out of the sky. And I, I feel like that's the same with these bikes. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because I, I like you look at those old videos, and you're like, you know, how did how did like a Gaston Rayher or uh, Mioni or these guys like it was was Dakar easier? Not I would say necessarily easier, but was it less technical riding back then? Or was it or, you know, or has it, you know, you just you're tr- trying to figure out like what's what's the difference or, you know. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that, but it, but it's pretty impressive to watch those 
some of those guys who are pretty small uh, actually ride some of those pretty big bikes in uh, through the dunes and things and just, uh, you know, amazing, amazing riders, you know. Um, and, and I find like I have about a 30 inch in, inseam. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm 5'10", you know, pretty average build. And uh, all the guys I see, uh, you know, uh, just just look like they, they're all six foot. You know, they could just when things get get weird, they could just plant both feet down and stop what's going on. And I <laughs> and I just kind of have to <laughs> yeah. try to like get my tiptoe down on some gravel with no traction and yeah. fall fall over onto that and pick myself up again. Pick, pick a soft landing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so going going back, like let's you know talking about the the Baja Rally School and all that it, it being kind of more the the first formal training. What did you like about it? Like, what? How did that go for you? How did you feel? Because I mean, I I was on the other side of the table. I wasn't riding, but I was just kind of talking to everybody and, and doing that. But how was it for you? Um, it, it you know it was it was super it, it was super awesome. It, it it had there were there was a, a couple things that were only my own failings or whatever or or uh and and i i explained those but i I gotta i gotta the first thing i gotta say about that experience is number one everybody including yourself and uh i you know i actually wrote down a list of i'm terrible with names and so I, i have a hard time with names i remember faces and things and 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 details but uh and and i had a big list of names that i had written down and i and i set it somewhere and misplaced it but um everybody was so super open and nice and there was absolutely no ego and no you know uh you know especially from the guys who had had been there uh been around for a while you know the guys who had been involved in baja rally you know it's very easy easy to become cynical and jaded and and you know oh there's the new guy or whatever you know and and nobody nobody was like that everybody was so super helpful and uh even still like i i mean even still everybody i have contact with and stuff is like like super open and um there's uh you, you know i i just i just felt like the the atmosphere um and I kind of had sensed this from reading forums and things and listening to, to your podcast and stuff about the uh, uh, North American rally group in general. And and in fact, I had, had tried to find out last year about uh, a couple rallies from Scotty that I think I think that the Catabina rally was he was talking about doing and, and then that didn't happen. But, you know, he'd referred me to some other things that, that were going on. And, and just very instantly, I, it was that realization that like, well, once you're once you kind of got your foot in the door and, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it kind of opens everybody's open and kind of opens the world. So um that's that that's the first thing in my experience like if, if every anybody's afraid because of egos or anything like that or personalities are going to clash with people don't even worry about any of that just uh you know even just go out there and, and and meet the guys and go ride around and stuff like that it's, it's like super amazing um and then uh, as far as uh the for, formality like the the race format and things um i think you know what what they did uh you know, giving everybody road books ahead of time and then just kind of going, all right, go out and check it out. And then, uh, and then doing the sort of ground school, if you will, in the evening. 
was, you know, probably very good because the, the routes were all super close and close to the hotel. And if anybody got lost or something stupid happened, you know, they're right there. I mean, uh, you know, you could, you could throw a rock back, back at the uh, start point. Uh, but it, you know, there was, there was so much help there with uh, the ARO guys and um, Mike Johnson and, and uh, Montana Mike and, and everybody that was, that was out there helping people uh that that was you know that was really cool like that was like it, it was it was it was really kind of neat to see these guys mentoring other dudes you know that that had no experience at it that that was pretty awesome too so um yeah it, it, i just and and the whole the whole thing, the whole organized portion of it for me was great. I, I, I sort of, I, I thrive in, in those environments. Um, and, and there, there's some, there's something about, uh, you know, stage after stage after stage. And you just, if, if you, you know, you kind of get better and better and better at it, I, I guess if, you know, um, and so, I mean, in that, and, and you're right. I mean, it's like, like anybody that you see in the Dakar, these guys are like reading road books and writing road books constantly. I mean, it's like literally all all they do. So the more the more you go through them, the better. When you were headed to this, I mean, was there anything that you were maybe nervous about navigation wise? Like, was this one of the first times where you navigate basically open desert? You know, yeah, it was, and that was actually super cool. Um, so. I, I, so, so number one, I, I would I would say uh, to, to kind of answer, I guess the first question is the only things I was really uh, nervous about was my off road riding skills, uh, and and my sort of lack thereof. I, like I said, I've done a lot of you know fire roads and adventure touring and things like that, and uh, but you know I didn't grow up doing motocross or anything like that. So so I, I knew there was going to be some technical challenges that uh, I would encounter. But as long as it's not really extreme like or not hard enduro or anything like that you know i'm, I'm fine i can i i'll just throttle up over everything until i crash and that's about it <laughs> you know, right? oh, there it is yeah i hit the power go for it and i yeah. bounce off a bunch of things and if i make it i'm like oh yeah that was good and if i don't then i just pick it up and keep going um so uh but navigation wise we, we had this uh the night before um i was sitting with uh tony paladrini and steve and and scotty uh was there and um and francesca was, uh, and we were uh kind of talking just talking about stuff and, and scotty made a comment and i said well you, you know the interesting thing is like of, of all the road books i've made with with friends of mine if i um i i i I, I fly airplanes for a living. Like mm -hmm. I'm a, a charter pilot and, and a lot of the people I ride with too are also pilots. And, and, uh, and if I have a road book and I give it to somebody, uh, who's not a pilot, like, you know, somebody who has a, a normal tech job or, or something else, like, like everybody else, uh, and they've never done it before. It takes them, it takes them some coaching, but it also takes them about halfway through a 60 mile, you know, road book, before they start kind of getting it. Mm -hmm. and, and then you could, and then if you're, if you're just behind them following, you know, you, you could see that, uh, Oh, look, the turn signals coming on. 
and you know he's getting on the brakes so there's a turn coming up and he's the guy's now paying attention and he and he understands how to read the road book and he's anticipating you know a couple a couple steps ahead and things like that mm-hmm. uh but that take but that takes a little while with with the pilots it's it's almost instant um because that's the basics that in cross country navigation that that we're taught so it's 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 a compass heading for a certain distance um and then you make a turn to another company setting for a certain distance. And then, you know, the, the way we do it is that you, have, you might have a headwind or a tailwind that changes that up. It's kind of like if you're on the, if you're on a boat, it's the same thing. It's, it's in sailing and, and boating. It's, it's the same concept, but uh, you know, you so you just convert it to time and you go, okay, 10 minutes. And then we should be over this waypoint. You look down and you go, oh, okay, yeah, cool. There's the water tower and you make a turn somewhere else. So very, very similar uh, in that sense. So Scotty goes, uh, he's like, Hey man, you know, so, okay. He's gonna, he goes, well, I want to test your theory. He's like, you know, if you're on, uh, so you're on heading one eight zero and you got to turn to one four zero. Is that right or left? I'm like left. Goes okay, yeah, back to one eight zero. I was like, yeah, that's right. And he goes, he goes, oh, uh, yeah, okay, okay. So uh, let's see. So what? Which direction are you headed? I'm like south. And he's like, okay, yeah. So you got to turn uh, to turn turn west. What heading are you on? I'm like two seven zero. And I'm just, you know, he's just asking questions. I'm just popping him off like that. And 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 it's kind of funny because the other people at the table were like. Oh yeah, I'm kind of lost already. <laughs> you know? But but so so you know to to your response of that now the coolest thing about all that was that you know all of the writing that I've really done is not in a place where you can just barrel across open terrain. Mm-hmm. Like everything's on some land or some trail or you know you know motocross park or on a road or something or there's just fences everywhere where you really you know, to get the opportunity to actually just go, oh, okay, you know, jump off road and then cruise, you know, for two kilometers across this open plain uh, is pretty cool stuff. Like, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't, you know, there's there's probably a lot of places in Nevada and Utah and, and other areas, Arizona and, and places like even Mojave and stuff where you can really get to do that. But for a majority of the writing I've done has always been hemmed in. And so that was um, actually some of the coolest parts. And you, you kind of like second guess yourself. You go, wait, is this right? Do I really just jump off this road and then go through this like barbed wire like gap and cut it across this land over here? And it's like, yeah, okay. And so that was that was some of the coolest stuff. And, and to the point where later on, when I was getting lost in things, I, you know, I, I was getting somewhat creative. Uh, and getting, you know, back to the waypoint, you know, open one up and then kind of go, well, it's over there and it looks, it looks okay. I think I'll just cut across this field and see what happens, you know? So, yeah, you kind of start figuring it out. And I, I, I still feel like, I mean, a lot of people that that's maybe what they get, that might be one of the hesitations is, is that like, okay, well, what do I do if I get lost? And, you know, I'm looking at this thing and I have no idea what I'm looking at. You know, I, I feel like that's still a, a big entry barrier for a lot of people. I mean, and there, there, there's the cost. But then again, I mean, that the, any hobby you pick that has two wheels is going to be expensive. So, yeah, well, that, I mean, and, that, and that's the game it is it is. Um, how do you say it should just, you know, logically like working, working your way out of a paper bag. 
essentially, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, like thinking your way out of uh, a wet paper bag, you know, like <laughs> that's it, you know? So if you, if you do, yeah, you get you, there, there, are, I, I mean, I got, I got lost for sure. I, I got, there, there was definitely, there were times where I got lost and there were times where I kind of just worked my way around and then I got caught up on some fence line and then I had to ride some fence line for, you know, uh, you know, 500 meters until I could find a gap in the fence line and things. And, you know, and, and then, oh, and then eventually you pop out and you're like, oh, big, I'm here, you know, or you see somebody else go by and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that dude, all right, yeah. cool. And and that that's kind of, but, you know, that that's that's the game, really, I like I think is, is like, and then just to keep, to keep on keeping on mm-hmm. in that respect is like, okay, yeah, you, you had, you had a challenge or you had a difficulty. You, you're not, you're not on a, you know, marked track, like on an enduro, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and so, yeah, you're going to have to think a little bit and, and then, you know, like everybody says, just slow down and, and sometimes just stop. And it really, I think, I think it was Mo, uh, but Mike Johnson might've said it once or twice too, where he's like, He's like, dude, just look up, like, just look up and look ahead of you. You have all the information you need. Oh, it's a left turn at the riverbed. You, you, you know, what else do you need? And you look out there and sure enough, 300 meters away is a riverbed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go there and turn left, you know, or something like, like to, to that extent, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's definitely times where you kind of need, need to be looking at the road book and, and thinking about it. But then there's, there's a lot of stuff where really, if you just look out up ahead or, or stop and turn your bike off and use your senses, mm-hmm. you know, like the, uh, you know, what I, I forget there's a, there's an acronym for it, but the, the smell, look, listen, you know, kind of thing I, with that, you know, I, I think, I think army Rangers, uh, you know, use, I think maybe, you know, Kyle McCoy probably knows what that's all about. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, well, but you, you know, there's, there's this whole thing where sometimes you just stop and, and observe your surroundings and, and try to get your bearings and listen and see what you see mm-hmm. and then, and then pick your next direction, you know? Yeah. I, I think, you know, and, it, and it's interesting because that, you know, uh, it's that field knowledge, right? It's those things that you learn while you're out there that somebody tells you, Hey, we'll just, you know, look up, look this or do that. You know, I think, uh, back to, I got lost on note number three on a road book out here in the high desert in Southern California. <laughs> and we were still on city streets, you know, and right. I'm trying to be like very precise with like, okay, no, okay. The Odo says this, and I know it's coming up, but it's, and I, I blew right by the corner and it literally it was at the light. It was like a turn on to like a side road. <laughs> so there's really not an intersection, but it was there. I mean, it was, and you know, so like you said, and then like they told you is like, yeah, you know, it's just, you, you've read the note, you know what it is. So go find it, you know? And yeah. And, so I, I do think that that is a, that is a very good, you know, that's a very good tip. And then everybody, I think that for a lot of people, it's rally might be like Microsoft Excel, if that makes sense. It's like uh-huh. you you never run into somebody that has the same exact skill set you do in Excel. Some, right. Somebody always knows something a little bit different. They may know Some the basic sh- short shortcut or yeah. something. That, yeah. Yeah. Here's yeah. six thousand points. I'm going to turn it into a table in ten seconds. Watch, and then it's like, what the hell? You know. So. <laughs> It's different little tips and tricks and things that you learn along the way from all of these different racers. And, that I, you know, 
removing myself, taking a step back and watching what you guys were doing and seeing just what's kind of going on and what was going on. It was like really cool to see that, you know, like here's all this experience that's being mentored and coached live rather than in a classroom setting. Okay, guys, this is what it, you know, no, it's like everybody's at the start talking to each other and, you know, I think that there was a, a the transfer of information is I mean you could compare it to any school class that you go to and I think that that the way that it was organized really promoted that and it sounds like that's kind of what you what you experienced. Yeah, and, and you you can't do that if you don't have people who are open and willing to invest in other people. Mhm. Um, you know, and as, as somebody who has, you know, uh, I was, I was a flight instructor for, you know, 4,000 hours of, of teaching people and, mm-hmm. you, you know, so you can imagine like, like what that's, you know, like is, and, 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 but you, you have to be, and, and even now like mentoring, you know, first officers who are our future captains and things. And that's, that's what we're, we're, we're always saying, you know, the guy in the right seat is not the, is not the first officer. He's the future captain. Mm-hmm. And so as the captain is more than just flying the plane, your job is, you know, you got to mentor these guys and, and take and, and put some investment in them. And, you, you know, and, and, and that's, uh, and I think that's important. And that, and that's what I really saw from, uh, you know, the veterans of the rally community mm-hmm. there uh, were investing their time and energies uh, you know, into uh, other people uh, in 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 an effort to uh, grow the sport is, is I mean, is, I think that's really the end goal is what we're talking about. It's like let's you know, let's grow the sport in, in North America. You know, um, I, I uh, what's those what's those cats in in England um, that do all the heavy? Is it is it Rally Moto? Mm. Um, oh. They, Yes, that do the yeah they have they do like their adventure raid type stuff where it's all yeah. on twelve hundreds twelve fifties right right why yeah. do, you know why why isn't there this, this is this is kind of what I before I even doing Baja Rally this is kind of initially what I had set out to do mm-hmm. is to try to create a community like that you know where where you know everybody can make road books and share road books we all get together and go ride each other's road books and things like that but 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 i think that's awesome like you know it's kind of, kind of like what you were uh what you posted the other day about doing ad- adventure raid mm-hmm. uh i i don't know why it's not a thing here uh, honestly it's there's so many dudes so uh you know we we live um I live literally on uh, the same road that goes up into the hills here. And, and there's, uh, uh, for anybody that knows the area, there's a w- Woodside and Skyline Road. Um, that's, um, there's, there's a restaurant up there called Alice's Restaurant. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not the Alice's Restaurant, but uh, it, it's kind of like what goes on at Deal's Gap mm-hmm. um, over on Tail of the Dragon. And it's this place and there's all these great roads around there. And on any Saturday or Sunday, you'll go by there. There's like 50 or 60 motorcycles there. Nice. You know, yeah, everybody goes. That's where everybody goes. And they go and, and they go, yeah, we're going to meet at Alice's. And they go up there and, and they all meet and have lunch. And then they go off and ride in different directions. And it's Harleys and sport bikes. But, you know, there's always like 10 dudes standing out there with GSs mm-hmm. and things. And, you know, adventure bikes and stuff like that. And, and, and I know given 
the opportunity, they would eat that stuff up, you know, yeah. uh, like that, like they would, like that would be, you know, that like, I think it's been said before, I'm, I'm, I'm not the first person to say it, but, you know, rally is kind of the extension or the next step out of adventure riding, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in a sense. And, and, um, and, and, you know, you see that with itchy boots and, um, uh, I forget what what the other uh, the girl with the with the dreads that writes for um, it, uh, the adventure writer website mm-hmm. uh, eagle e- eagle eagle something like that huh? yeah yeah and, and it's awesome it's awesome to watch these people who who are just adventure touring people that's kind of a little bit what, what inspired me as well as uh, you know watch, watching and I'm like well you know hey if they could do that mm-hmm. you know if, if itchy boots can show up. At a, at, at a rally and go, yeah, I'm going to sign up for the adventure category of a rally and go do this rally. Like, why can't uh, I, I do it or any of these other people do it, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I just, uh, that, that's, that's, uh, but ultimately at the end of the day, maybe, you know, out of every 10 or 20 people that uh, do a road book or two, maybe I'll get one that'll, that'll decide to go to, uh, to make the expense and, and mm-hmm. go down, go down to Baja, you know, or something, or, you know, um, yeah. I had, a, I had a talk with, uh, the, the guy that's organizing the, uh, Yosemite, I think they're called Yosemite family tours. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Um, and me and a buddy went up and, and did uh, a three day weekend uh of their tours not that long ago and it's all fire roads through near yosemite is like pretty awesome actually mm-hmm. and um and i kind of said to him i you know he's he's given away gps stuff and and i and they, they'd given away the the gpx tracks the week before after you pay your entry and i just dropped it into rally navigator and made a road book mm-hmm. out of it like super like it took me like an hour to mm-hmm. to whip out a road book out of it and then, uh, you know, I just rode the whole courses with the road book, but, uh, we were at lunch and I said to him, I was like, Hey, why, you know, do you, are you aware of this or something? He goes, yeah, you know, he goes, yeah, we, we always have like the enduro guys who are always asking us to provide, you know, paper roll charts and stuff like that. And I was like, well, this is like such a super easy way to do that. You know, you don't have to do paper roll charts, but if you can give them a PDF that they can jam in their phone instead of, uh, um, you know, instead of just GPX tracks, I think, uh, you, you know, you open up a whole other class of, of, of event, I guess, if you will, or ride or something. Yeah. That, that would get into, and oh, that would be interested in that. And I think there's a lot of people that are still like right on the fence, like, man, but you know, there's no events or there's no nothing. And I think just even the ability to have that where more, where they were more accessible. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I would have been, you know what, had had that been a thing um, here locally, I had some connection with uh, that I didn't have to travel for and didn't have to spend a lot of money for. I would have been all over that, like you know, decades ago. Honestly, um, if if there was just you know some, like I said, some local dude that's that's just kind of doing something and you know it, it sounds like it, it sounds like I, I mean with rally navigator i i think it, it is now uh becoming more and more and 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 the couple of apps that you have for roadbook readers and things like that 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 is it, it 
it's making it more and more accessible. You know, anybody with some some basic uh, Google Earth skills can sit down and, and draw up a route and um, and you know, like I say, just just uh, email it to their friends and go for a ride. And uh, I th- I think that technology um, is making it not a, as much of a mystery because in, in the past, what you know, I I've never used Tulip, uh, but I know there was there was a few different programs and things earlier on but like it's become so easy to generate um that I'm, i can't figure out um why there's not a little more traction on some of that you know but then again going back to the the jobs and the wives and the kids and things you know it's it's always hard to organize uh, uh, any group of people really herding cats you know oh yeah that that's always the fun part is the, the cat the cat herding side of it <laughs> trying to get everybody to a start line or or to the start of an event or organize well just just agree on a day you, you know get, try to get three people to like go hey saturday we're gonna meet up and do this you know uh and, and it doesn't even have to be you know like uh six hours away <laughs> or in another country <laughs> you know <laughs> that's that's it's hard enough in and of itself to to try to get three random people together uh, at the same time to go for a ride nevertheless uh you know yeah that that's always the fun part <laughs> it's all right well i can this saturday but well you know but yeah i can but i gotta be home before ten thirty. wait we're meeting at eight you know it's like I, we you know in the group rides even just without even the road books i just i remember that from doing group rides uh when i was at bmw you know and and <clears throat> there was always that core group of guys the core group of guys that they were down for it you know they knew it was like hey you know what i got the whole day set aside for this and then there was the guys well well you know my so said i gotta be home by you know lunchtime yeah and, and that's that's you know I'm, I'm that i'm that guy when i um uh, when I decide on something or I, like, so I'm, I'm Virgo. Right. And, and the inherent thing with Virgos is whatever we're doing, it's 110% at the expense of everything else. <laughs> so, you know, if, if I, if I'm, if I'm interested in one thing, I mean, and, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny because, um, you know, Francesca will do that. Well, I'll go through like this, this, this hibernation period for a couple of months sometimes, where it's it's like I, you know my brain hasn't really latched on to uh, the thing, whatever that thing is, you know, at that moment. But I, I'm just kind of, uh, uh, and, and I and I've sort of learned this about myself, where I just kind of like, go, okay, cool, I'm gonna space out and watch TV or watch Netflix or something for a little while, not really focus on anything in particular. But then once that one thing kicks off. Uh, and, and, and it's always reoccurring. It's always been reoccurring themes throughout my life. But once that one thing kicks off, it, it she'll just look at me one day and she'll go, oh, okay, we're doing that now. All right, cool. And, and she's along for the ride. So that was kind of like going to Baja Rally. She, she you know, she was kind of like, she was like, wait, we're doing what? I was like, yeah, we're going, going down to Baja. We're going to go do this rally. She's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we're doing that now. All right, all right cool. Let's go. You know, so <laughs> it's, it's only another adventure. Yeah, well, it's 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 like I said, it's it's nice to have, um, you know, and it and it goes back and forth, but but it's it, it's nice to have somebody that's that's along for the adventure too. That that I think I think that's that's huge. So you know, if uh, like she 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 rides she rides too, uh, you know, so she, uh, she e- either will want to go along 
and go for the ride or uh, we'll realize that, you know, I'm going out to do some more extreme something with the dudes and she won't be offended by that. And she'll just figure out her own thing to do that day or whatever it is. Like there's, there's no, uh, you know, uh, you know, oh, well, you know, I, I, I really needed you to stay home and, uh, you know, mop the floor or something, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, so, so I'm pretty lucky that way, uh, honestly, that, uh, I have somebody who's super easy going about that stuff and make certainly makes it easier. Yeah. That, uh, that understands, you know, that's like they, when they met you, you were like that way and it's, it's only natural for it to continue that way, you know? So I mean, yeah, that you're right. It, that is, that is very lucky. And that's, that's awesome. You know? And I, and I think I, I caught her around the bivouac a couple of times. I don't think I actually met her, but yeah, I saw her floating yeah, around there she, with everybody. Well, she, she's a, she's a pilot too. And, uh, and for work and, and, uh, we, we live on a boat. So, uh, you know, we, we have this like, uh, oh, everybody goes, wow, dude, that's like crazy. And you do what, you know, but it, it's uh, for us, it's just kind of normal. But I think for a lot of people, it seems like a, an adventurous lifestyle. But, uh, you know, given given that, uh, first of all, to be able to live on a boat with somebody for any length of time, you, you have you have to have some kind of like uh, understanding, <laughs> you know, with each other or communication or get along because because that's uh, you know they're 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 not huge spaces. You, you figure out how to work around each other very well. Um, but then the the flying stuff too, like she'll she'll be gone two three weeks at a time, and uh, so in that time I can go out and do whatever I want, and then I got to go to work, and I'll be gone weeks at a time sometimes. And, so when we get together, it's it's always there's some like crazy adventure that's on, and it's usually motorcycles or something else that, that's going on. But um, uh, so so yeah, th- and that was our really like I say the the, the Baja trip was coupled with uh, a couple other things. But we we were on the road in the van with the motorcycles for I think five weeks or something like that before we got back. So that sounds absolutely horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, you know, and I mean, and that's the whole thing with. I mean, we we talked about it earlier, and I mean, it sounded like for you, it started way way earlier with the uh, bike messenger championships and traveling to different parts of the world. You know, rally's the same thing. Now we're you know traveling to different parts of the country, uh, obviously international down into Baja and stuff like that. So, well, and and the the racing thing is a. Uh, um weird weird mindset too uh i mean in, in one sense because if you've done any kind of like for bike racing motorcycle racing in in one sense is kind of similar in that you're really uh to put it simply you're just going to an organized event to ride around with a bunch of other people you're going to pay a fee and pin a number on and then you're going to ride around and, and that's about it. And, and, you know, if you, uh, you know, if you do well, you do well, if you're competitive, you know, that's great. But, but, you know, for the most part, uh, and particularly at my age, I like, I don't have really uh, aspirations on, on, on winning anything. So I'm, I'm really just going down to enjoy um, the whole event, you know, like I said, like, and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's pretty much that simple. You're, you're going to this event and you're paying a fee to put a number on to do an organized ride of a, of a certain sort, you know, uh, cause I'm not that guy that's going to be competing for first, second or third, you know, and, and even if I was in those places, I still would just be like, yeah, whatever happens, happens, you know? Um, and, and that's, 
you know, so so if you if you've done that kind of thing before, whether you're a runner or what, whatever it was, everybody played. Uh, well, not everybody, but a lot of people played sports in high school and things like that. It's 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 not any different. You're just doing something different with a different piece of equipment. Um, you might be able to get hurt a little more. <laughs> but yeah, there's the resiliency factor. Yeah, yeah. But that that's the you know what what the um so so psych, cycling you have the same thing where especially if you're doing stage races um, the survivability and the longevity um, is more important than actually uh, racing super hard all the time um, and and in road racing that that was always the mentality. Uh, because if you have one crash that could kind of end you break a collarbone that could end your whole season so you, you were really um, kind of programmed to uh, you know protect yourself I guess and and that's and that's how I feel about rally you know if you're gonna go do the the six day Baja rally um, you can't go out and uh, I mean, some guys can, I can't, but, uh, you, you know, go out on the first day and just like wide open throttle and try to pound over everything like a one day event. Cause you're just going to end up smashing your bike up. You're going to smash yourself up. Um, and you know, you're going to start the next day and the next day and the next day after that. Uh, so that, you know, every, everything, you know, and you, you read it in, uh, uh, what's his Lawrence, uh, hacking's book, you know, he kind of, talks about that a little bit too you know how every day if you kind of get behind the curve like you have a mechanical or something and now you have to fix it well it's going to set you back an hour or two and and that's an hour or two of sleep you lose and you have all this accumulation where where after a certain point you know you're way behind you're way behind the power curve on everything so um so yeah i, th I think it's it, you know it's it's a, it's really a um uh, as as the the French would call cycling, you know, it's it's a chess game. It's a it's a thinking man's game, not necessarily the fastest rider. And, and I think like ISDE stuff, six day racing was also kind of the the same thing. You know, the the French always considered it more of a strategy than a uh, go fast event. You know. Yeah. And, and I think that's the big, I think I wish more people knew that like with rally that, you know, you, yeah, you see, you see the elite and you see these guys that are at the top and, and the pace that they have to ride. But that is literally like the 1%, the 2%, the, or, you know, we'll go with the 5% of, of total riders out there because there's way more riders at the Dakar that, that are just there, you know, because it's the Dakar, it's a bucket list item. And it's something that they're just there because of the experience. And I, you know, as it, at Baja Rally, that was one of the things I noticed. And there was a clear cut line. There was, there was those four or five guys that were there and they were in kill mode the whole way. You know, they, they wanted to know who was fastest, <laughs> you know, but the majority of the riders were people that were there and they're riding with their buddies and, you know, and, and they would wait for each other at the start. You know, they'd be. I'd see them on tracking, you know, they're stopped at the first waypoint all getting together or, or, you know, I see, you know, I see them get to the coast where the course dumps out on the court on the coast and, and they're all hanging out there and it's like, right. uh, you know, everything. And then I, they get back and I was like, Oh yeah, we stopped for a smoke break and pictures and all. I'm just like, yeah. Meanwhile, you know, <laughs> I'm at the bivouac wondering when everybody's coming home. Well, the, the, fun, the funny thing to, uh, watching the, 
presentation, like the Dakar presentation this year um, on the first day was, uh, it, it was uh, a little more, and maybe I just never paid attention before, but uh, most, uh, it was surprising to me the number of motorcycle riders that had gray hair. You know, and, and you and you had the uh, the you know the core twenty guys who were who were super fast, but then you just you had a bunch of you know like older dudes who were just out for the adventure. You know, who had the means and the money and and so the skill sets to just be able to go for it. Um, and you know, and one of the things I think that was uh, uh, really kind of interesting and, and and great as far as uh, you know documentary goes, at least was. Um, you know, the uh, Race to Dakar, the Charlie Borman um, uh, show, uh, the the one that they did. And it was, uh, I, I thought it was, I thought it was really neat because they showed, uh, you know, when, when he was still, when he was still on the bike and he was racing, they were showing, you know, kind of a lot of the race and, st- and stuff. And, and, and then, but I think on what day three or day four or whatever, he, he, he broke his wrist and, and dropped out. And so, uh, even though like Cy Pavey was still in there doing his thing and, and, uh, the other guy, they, uh, it, they, they actually focused a lot more on the back end of the Dakar rally and, uh, you know, a little bit more of the organization and the privateers and, and the things that go on in the back half that you just never see. I mean, just the amount of, uh, uh, aircraft and, and logistics and things just to, uh, you know, have a rolling encampment like that is like impressive, you know? Um, but, but I, but I, but I find that that's, that stuff, the, the more you can see the in, insider view uh, as opposed to the highlights um, where, you know, just some guys doing, you know, a buck 10 across the desert, um, you know, when you could actually see the dudes that are, you know, uh, the, the, the Italian guys, the rally POV guys, you know, that was, that was really great too. I, you know, I have a vague understanding of Italian, but I didn't have to understand it to, to watch this and go, yeah, this is cool. These guys are, you know, kind of normal dudes recording the ins and outs of, of this, uh, massive rally event. I thought, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it, it's really, it definitely has stepped up like the, I think more when it was in South America, but the amount of coverage and the things that you got to see from people on the side of the stage, you know, with cell phones and, uh, or, or just content creation, I think was a little bit better when it was in South America, but, but you're right. I mean, it doesn't just watching it, you understand the language of it and the vastness of it and, and how big of a challenge it actually is so many days in a row uh, the terrain and, and just then the mental game of it, you know, it's, it's one thing to be physically in shape, to be able to ride at a hundred, you know, or, or even a, a 70 mile an hour average versus being able to ride at a 70 mile an hour average and navigate at the same time. I think there's a lot of people out there that will pick physically tired over mentally tired hands down every time. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, interesting, we could say, being in, being in cycling and having followed the Tour de France and, and been kind of uh, close to some big races that were uh, also hosted by ASO, you know, the organization that does uh, uh, Perry Dakar is the same same people. And um, they, 
you, you know, the the more, and I've, you know, I've kind of heard Lyndon Poskett talk about it and, and other people, the, the more they clamp down on trying to prevent uh, privateers and, and other writers and individuals from uh, recording and broadcasting their experiences, the, the more difficult they make it for a guy to th- throw a GoPro on and, and record his experience. I, I think actually doesn't, I, I know it's a financial thing for them. They want to control all the media and the perception and uh, you know, they're selling everything to the TV stations and this, that, but I think it's, it actually kills them because um, these, you, you know, the, the, the media now is all about, um, you know, podcasts and youtube and uh it's it's all it's it's, you know it's out of it's it's more out of the control of the major media organizations and more in control of the uh average user base and with with that comes you know like let's say you know a guy like lyndon poskett for example or or somebody else with with a massive following you know hey how many hundreds of thousands of um you know, views and and whatnot, are they getting like that? Are people now interested in Dakar, you know? And, and, and so by trying to uh, snuff that out or make it uh, so expensive and so challenging for, um, you know, a writer in, in, in a rally to be able to uh, do a vlog and, and, you know, his own personal experience, uh, you know, it's and then and then all you know, all all you end up with is video of Danny Sanders going, you know, 110 across the desert at the end of the day, <laughs> you, you know, but and, and uh, you know, which is awesome in itself, but uh, it, you know, that that's that's I, I think I think they ought to just kind of open that up and let it roll, and, and I think they they would see a lot more interest in, in involved. I think you know, uh, for for me anyway, that's 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 how I feel about it. Yeah, I you know, I, I agree with you because I feel like there is definitely more like there's some people that are there that want to see the highlights that want to see the like you said, the Daniel Sanders, you know, sending it across the desert and Skyler and Mason and all of these guys. And then and then there's a group that is really actually curious about the rest of the pack. What is this like? You know, the, it, we get to see so much of the factory teams and the tents and the the rigs and the. You know, they have their cell phones and their social media posts that they can do and stuff like that. But what is it like for the other three quarters of the event? You know, the other competitors and and what's the I don't want to say the real life story, but the real life story of those competitors. And how do we see more of that? Because while, yeah, we want to see that we want to see how the factory guys are doing and we want to we want to get into that competitiveness of it and, and what they're doing. But we also, for us, mere mortals, you know, we, we want to see the other stuff, too. So I, I agree with you. I feel like if they change that up a little bit and we're able to produce more, I think that that would uh, that would maybe help drive more people. And I mean, I don't think they're hurting for customers either, you know, no. but, but that could help. You know, I think that's especially big, like when, when we're talking like, you know, uh, doing uh, adventure raid type stuff, you know, yeah, this is, you're, you're going to hit two fire roads on this, or, you know what, this is going to be a road stage today. You know, you're not even going to see a fire road today. Um, you know, and, and varying it up for people and, and just getting them out to navigate. And then they say, Oh, okay, well this is what they go through, you know? 
sit down. Here's a training. This is like what you, if you were at a rally rate event that you would have the beginner class before the event that just kind of tunes you up on navigation and the things to look out for. And I think that that living that experience for a lot of people is, is really important, but there's not a lot of that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and people do, uh, most people do want to be a part of something, you know, like that, that you, you know, like whether it's a, an event or an organization or, you know, people, we're, we're social creatures by nature anyway. So if we can take, you know, something that we love uh, doing that we enjoy and then, you know, also, you know, turn it into uh, something that's uh, kind of, you know, challenging and intriguing and, and uh, it, it, you know, and, and then involves a, a lot of other people so we can all high five each other or, you know, it's like, like, that's the best part is, you know, when you get back and you're like, oh man, yeah, did you go through that one section? Oh, I totally screwed that up. I missed that turn. And then it took me like 45 minutes to figure it out. And then I hit that one ditch and I got a flat and, you know, or whatever. Like that's, that's what, you, you know, it's, it's, it's always like the, the thing in, you know, adventure riding, right? Like as soon as, you know, when the bike breaks down, everybody goes up, oh, that's when the adventure begins, you know, and cause that's the story you're going to tell. You're not going to tell the story of like, you know, riding a hundred miles, like in monotony, you know, across yeah. the Nevada desert on highway 50 or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, you know, like droning miles on the bike. Yeah. You're going to tell, talk, talk about, you know, the, 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 the stuff that, that happened that, you know, and, and you're, and you're going to embellish and explain it in such a way that, you know, it has a little cliffhanger and all that stuff, but that, that's the, that's the fun of it. And, and that's why you, and that's why you go do it because it's the, the unknown, you know, but, uh, but yeah, if you can't share that with people, you know, that that's, that's, and if you could share that with people who are doing the same thing, I mean, I think that's, that's what the camaraderie is all about anyway. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. I for sure. For sure. Agree on that one. Nice. Well, yeah, I, I've got some dogs that are trying to <laughs> that are barking at me. I think it's dinner time for them, Okie but, but we got to do that. But so in, in closing, what, what's next for you? What are you are, six day? Uh, well, so I got, uh, I have, yeah, I have a, I have a friend, um, who was really super bummed. He couldn't make it to, uh, the, the rally school down there, but, uh, we both went and bought skinny bikes and, uh, uh, with, with, the, with a little help from some people, we've been, uh, get, getting them outfitted, doing all the work ourselves, but, um, been, um, set, setting them up for rally. The, the plan is to do Kota. And I, I think in the next, uh, week or so here, um, as the paychecks come middle of the month paychecks come in, we'll, we'll uh, send out the, uh, the, the fees and we've been kind of working on the process of uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, regulation kind of stuff involved in that one. So we've been eyeballing all that and trying to figure out how to get, get through that bureaucracy stuff. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's the plan uh, is to do Kota and then, uh, and then the Baja six day I've already uh, sent in, my uh, deposits on and uh and ideally uh catavina in may and uh san quitin and what is that december or something like that so um it's pretty much fully on uh and actually i'm re really trying to um maybe get a couple other people involved in um with a couple of the other local guys around here and and see if we can't um uh, sort of create a uh 
I, I don't want to say full on rally team because that sounds too aggressive or too serious, but definitely a uh, uh, some kind of uh, some kind of co op where we can all uh, you know kind of share parts and help each other out with get, getting to these places and expenses and things or whatever, whatever we got to do, you know? Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, but be, but being there, you know, that getting kind of getting your foot in the door, going down there and, and meeting everybody. And now, you know, there's that made a lot of contacts and um, I think it'd be uh, super awesome um, to uh, be able to work with some of these guys in my area and uh, help each other out basically. Nice. Yeah. And, and I completely agree. I mean, you, I think that's the right approach and looking at it like, okay, well, if we all go down as a group, as a team, it does make things easier. It's whether it's sharing the driving or, or working on the bikes, you know, somebody's doing oil, somebody's doing filters, you know, it, it just works out easier for everybody. And, and, and yeah, like you said, I mean, it's, it ends up working out that way anyway. When you go to the bivouac and you look, you know, you're going to see Dave Pearson with, you know, the Pearsons with Mike Johnson, uh, and Mo Hart, they're all going to be in an area, you know, or, or uh, Montana Mike, you know, it, it, you just kind of get these groups, but they're not silos either. You know, they, they'll, they talk and everybody kind of, you, you walk there and you'll randomly see somebody, you know. No, I, I, I was lucky enough. I, I don't know how it happened. I, I think I was like the first person really to get to the hotel that day, but I was lucky enough to be sandwiched between those two camps those those two parties and so i i got the, that that was for, for me i like i felt really lucky to be uh in this um uh, in the center of this wealth of knowledge and and uh able to to really meet these people and hang out with them you know day in day out and and even just you know s- sitting there like uh you know talking trash about whatever um was you know it, it, that was um yeah the, no it was super awesome and and uh and Slade was like so funny, man. That dude, he and I were like cracking up on the third day, like just watching watching people and these conversations going on. We we're having such a good time. So, I, like, I just felt I just felt really lucky to like hang out and meet, you know, like all, all these great people, man. It was it was, uh, it was super awesome. And so, yeah. So now I'm just uh, spending all my money on rally stuff and that's about it <laughs> Full send. i'm gonna burn it up credit cards yeah, and things exactly. like that just, to, to make it happen just make sure you're using the one with the biggest cash back <laughs> that's, that's that's right yeah, yeah. so nice. fortunately fortunately i got a lot of marriott points and hilton points from work so there we go got, got a little bit of relief yeah yeah kind of cash yeah. them in uh have you raced or or ridden down in the catavina area before uh, no, we went, you know, so after the uh, rally, after, after the, the school was done, we went, uh, Francesca and I loaded up, we, we brought all our bags and stuff. And, and so we loaded up the the camping gear and all that and uh, went and rode around for the next three or four days uh, in Baja, went all the way to Baja, Los Angeles and, and uh, camped out over there on the Sea of Cortez and stuff. So I uh, did, didn't do a lot of off-roading on that, but definitely got a feel for what the... Uh, what the terrain is about in there and the, and the, and the differences obviously between Pacific and, and Cortez sides, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. The, so you, I mean, yeah, on the way down, you would have passed the, the hotel mission, uh, Catania. Yeah. Yeah. We stopped at that, uh, little store and got mm-hmm. across the street and got some drinks and bought some gas from the guy with the, the truck and the, 
gas can. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Expensive yeah. gas, but much needed in that area. I'm, I'm still, we're still waiting for the gas station to open that that's across from the hotel there. But yeah, yeah, yeah there seems, seems to be a lot of that in Baja. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, yeah. a lot of rebar and concrete. Hanging out. <laughs> I, you know, when I, when I was at BMW, people would tell me, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go ride the Baja Peninsula. I'm like, okay, let me tell you something. When you get into the never, never, which is right after El Rosario, Mama Espinosa's, you're going to eat there. And then you go to Baja Cactus or the, the gas station that's right there. And you fill that thing up to the brim. And if you're comfortable with carrying a mouthful, do it, you know, because it is a long shot to the next, you know, to the next gas station. And if you plan on riding any kind of offshoots, that only kills it. I mean, Baja Rally, the last time I did, I rode my 790, basically the whole event. I chased it on my 790 and and on the way back. I got to, you know, I got back to El Rosario on fumes. I mean, literally the smell of gas that was impregnated in the plastic, I think is what got me there. Oh yeah. And sure. So, you know, that, that's the, the word of warning to the people traveling down there, but racing down there and the sunsets and that area of, of Baja is, is one of my favorite. The only other one that I could think of would be like the end of the Loreto area. Uh, which oh is, Yeah. Colton Udall was one that said it's that that's his area, you know, that he loves riding. But for me, that's it's that Catavina area where you guys were, where I didn't stopped at that store. That you know, the sunsets there. I mean, everything. It's just the food's good, the hotel's cool. You know, it's it's just, and there's no cell service, and they sell the internet. You know, if you want. Right, right, right. <laughs> we went we went down to uh, um, uh, just outside of Catavina uh, to the. I guess to the east, right south, southeast, and a little, little bit further past it, going, going east. And there's uh, that kind of truck stop. Um, there's like one, one place that says camping, and and uh, it, it's it, that I, I don't know. I call it I'd call it a truck stop, but there's no gas or anything. But we actually stopped in there and uh, got food, and it. it was you know the kind of the coolest experience because you, you go in there and it's just. Uh, 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 like a grandmother or a mother and a daughter, you know, sitting in this place and it kind of looks like nothing's going on. And they're like, Oh yeah, what do you want? We ordered a bunch of food and then they just, you know, home cooked it up right there for us. It's probably some of the you know, most delicious, uh, you know, Mexican food you can get, you know, and, and you never would, you know, most people in a car or something probably just never would even stop there. You know, they just, just drive on past and, and uh, wonder what that place was all about. And, you know, kind kind of had that. Uh, I want to say the the compound in um, was a Terminator Two, <laughs> where, where they where they go down to, to Mexico. And yeah, it, it had that whole you know burned up VW bugs and things uh, compound that, kind of that vibe going it. to it. Yeah, but oh, yeah. It, but it was super awesome, you know. And, yeah the ladies were like so super nice and welcoming and stuff. And you just, you just can't, you can't beat those experiences either. Nope. Nope. And that's something that, you know, yeah, the, the memory, you know, lives on and it's, it's one of those things that you, you could go there a hundred more times, but there's always that first time, you know, that you remember. And, and now, you know, you know, like, Hey, yeah, then you know what? The food is actually pretty good here. And, and you remember that spot, but it's always that memory of the first time that you were there, you know? And, and, and like you said, you just, like, you never know unless you stop. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's, yeah, you, you, yeah, exactly. You don't know until you stop there and talk to people. Yeah. 
but everybody everybody's so super nice you know it's it's uh i I, you know i i'd say that uh you know the with the media and everything we hear on the news if anybody is and i get asked this question we so we fly to we fly to cabo a lot and La Paz and a lot of other places, but uh, I, I always get asked that question. Oh, you know, going to Mexico is, you know, are you scared? You feel dangerous? You know, I hear the cartels are cutting people's head off and put them on turtles and, <laughs> you know, and, and I just, I got, I got, you know, it's, it's not like that at all. I mean, if you're doing nefarious things, you're, you're, you're going to probably, you know, get involved in some of that. But for the most part, the people are so welcoming and so super nice that, um, and it, and it's so open and uh you know you know there's a there's a great place uh i found going going down to cabo a lot uh it's called baja rides and um i i i'm, I'm trying to think of the the guy's name uh that runs it but in cabo there's a um uh, a little outfit there by the airport that has uh bunch of crf 450s and sandrails and and buggies and things and uh these these uh, you know mexican guys that have been doing uh like baja 1000 baja 500 but they have a great uh little operation down there and you could just they have all the gear and everything you you could if you're going to cabo you can fly in um and just you know pay them like i I can't remember what it was like 250 or 300 for a day's ride and they'll take you out you know and and they're they're fast like if you want to go fast they'll go fast um and so that was a, a really great find and so now when i have to go down there for for work and we're there for two or three days you know typically i'll try to get a good ride in with those guys and and uh um but yeah there i think it's bajarides.com or something told and just totally worth checking out if you just want to if you just want to go down there and see what riding in baja's like um there's a super easy way to do it you know so it's like just you don't have to you don't have to bring anything they got boots helmets all the stuff. So, uh, but we were, <laughs> me, me and my buddy were pretty impressed at the, um, at the pace that, uh, you know, they, they were, they were carrying when, you know, they were like, Oh yeah, you guys ride. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Let's go for a ride. And it wasn't just, you know, a bunch of fam- I, I mean, I'm sure they do families that just cruise up and down the beach real slow, like the, the ATV tours and stuff like that. But, uh, no, these, these guys, these guys will take you for a cool trip and some single track and things like that. So, um, that was, it's pretty, pretty awesome setup they got. Nice. Uh, oh, Fabrizio, that was his name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's always good, you know, and especially with somebody that knows the terrain and knows the area and where you're at and all that stuff, you're going to have more fun. You know, yeah, I, I think they're doing, you know, they're doing like three, four, five day tours or whatever with Canadians and things that uh, you know, guys get a group of can- dudes from Canada come down there and stuff. And and they uh, obviously uh, they, they got hookups with all the little uh, restaurants and things around, you know, so it's basically kind of what you do is you go, you know, ride from one restaurant to another stop somewhere, you know kind of by the beach or whatever it is but yeah it's 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 certainly um it, it wasn't very expensive and, and it's certainly nice just to follow and not have to navigate sometimes <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> just be led around and you know you get to relax and take in the sights a little bit more i guess yeah yeah nice well, very nice. Okay, uh one last before we go. Uh there was somebody that we were supposed to say hello to or what's up or a shout out to on the show. 
I think my girlfriend asked the name and I'm trying to remember what I did with the sticker because she wrote it down for me. And I Oh, that's, oh, that was Doug. Yeah. That's my buddy, Doug. Um, he, you, you don't know him. I go, yeah. when we were there, I said, yeah, you don't know him, but he says, hi, you know, he listens <laughs> to your podcast and he says, nice. hi. uh, it, he'll actually be, uh, he'll, he'll actually be at the six day down there in Kota and stuff like that too. Nice. So, uh, but wow. yeah, that, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, at, uh, Doug, Dougopolis on right. Instagram. So nice. Well, um, it sounds like we'll meet him at the six day rally. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I, and I did give him the sticker. So nice. <laughs> awesome. I appreciate that. So, nice. Well, awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time and talking. And I mean, I'm obviously we're going to be seeing you at the events and, uh, and then we'll chat offline. Cause I'm, I'm really interested in this adventure raid stuff. And, and secretly while we've been talking, I looked up where that restaurant was and, uh, more or less where you're at. And years back I had looked at that because I was thinking like, it'd be cool to do a trip up highway one, but I want to explore some of these other roads off of highway one on the adventure bikes and I'm looking and I'm just looking at the sat view and all these lines crossing through. I'm like, uh, there's actually a lot of roads up there. Yeah. If you, um, if you come up, uh, this way for something for whatever it's worth, uh, you know, you're, I got, I got extra bikes and stuff. You're, you're welcome to borrow some if you happen to fly yeah. in for, for any reason. Yeah. But, uh, if you want some, uh, road books too, and, um, yeah, I can send you those. They're, they're, uh, there's uh yeah it's pretty it's 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 a beaut it's a beautiful area to ride in and after being in 100 degrees in the desert areas and down south like i love going down south because it's always the uh, the way i always say it is the air is always warm and soft you mm -hmm. know but then you come back up here and it's like it's always 76 or something so it's always this this kind of perfect you know, I got a motorcycle riding, got to put on my jacket temperature, mm -hmm. uh, for the most part. So I, I, uh, more, the, the more I, the more I go to extremely hot places, the more I appreciate the, the weather here <laughs> 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 and, and just how, you know, kind of consistent and mellow it is year, year after year. But, um, but yeah, definitely nice. come, come on, come on up and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do some, we'll do some riding for oh, yeah. sure. Absolutely. And bring the, bring the 790 up in the trailer hang out nice Tra trailer oh yeah <laughs> I, 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 it's not that bad I come know, on man. Was that six five <laughs> hours it's not that bad uh, i figure see I'm, I'm more comfortable driving in cruise control at night you know and then then suffering on the bike and then get there and still be in shape to ride you know uh, yeah I, I bought my i bought my six six ninety in uh i bought my 690 out of corona nice and i rode it home like i left there at like three in the afternoon and i and i rode it just all the way i got home at midnight or something like that <laughs> so right. yeah like well and it was the stock seat so my Oof. my my butt definitely was telling me things but <laughs> I, yeah I, I, i'm not sure on that i know on the uh i i, I know on the 500s it's like a two by four i'm imagining the 690 is more like a two by six well, that's that's the you know the the classic KTM like they don't want you sitting down kind yeah. of thing on that bike. But so that yeah, it, yeah. it was it was definitely a a, a stretch. But yeah. <laughs> nice, well, nice. Well, all right, well, cool. So we'll we'll be on uh, we'll be in touch. And yeah, I definitely want to try and get up there riding. And if I don't see you before, we'll see you down at the uh, that's a six day rally. 
Cool, man. Yeah, thanks for everything. I appreciate uh, appreciate what you do and uh, appreciate the opportunity to, to be on your podcast. That's, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. Yeah. Awesome. All right. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Take care. Yeah, you too. Bye. All right. So there you have it. That was Chris Tramner. We met at the Baja Rally, uh, San Quentin Training School, and talking a little bit down there. And then I said, you know, hey, you know, let, let's share your experience and what you've done uh, thus far. And so uh, there you have it. Uh, I am very interested in what he's riding up there in that neck of woods, uh, you know, his versus down here, doing some of this adventure raid stuff. Like it's, it's you know, right, like right now sitting here, in Adventure Taco Studios uh, with the dogs barking in the background, which I'm waving at him like, yes, I know, I'm coming, um, is basically, I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm like, okay, I need to go out, GPS this thing, get it finalized, get this route done, and, and just get on this and, and do this adventure rate stuff. You know, we're in the summer months, it's going to get warmer, but, you know, you can still ride, you know, you can still ride the 1200s, the 850s, the Africa Twins, the 790, the 890. Hell, if you want to do it on a street bike and it's a, a road stage where it's primarily going to be highway, okay, you could do that too. And so there's a lot of options to this, but it's, it begins with something very basic, right? Not complicated road books, not a bunch of HP navigation where it's like, okay, stay on cap 130 for the next 26 kilometers, you know, where basically you're just staring at this mountain range the whole way trying to make sure you don't deviate too far. You know, there, there's so much to it. Uh, that can be done in a road book and it can make it very, very complicated. But doing something basic and fun and easy, that's really what gets people into rally. And that's really what, you know, you you heard him say, you know, being in the bivouac and talking to anybody, no egos, no attitude. Everybody's just there to help each other and having a great time and listening to these conversations and talking smack and, you know, gassing each other over things. It's all of that experience. So, I hope everybody that's listening to the show is, is at least a little bit more curious and, and, and we can get this thing going and we can get more people into the rally raid sport. I mean, that at the end of the day is really what this whole thing is about uh, and, and doing some adventure rides and, and getting some calories on the way there, you know. So but anyway, that's enough for this episode. An hour and 37 minutes. I thought it was going to be 35 minutes to 45 minutes because that's always the goal because that's about the average commute time in the United States. Uh, but you know what? It doesn't matter. It's all about having a conversation, meeting people, talking to new people, and and just getting through it. So with that being said, guys, I hope everybody had a great holiday weekend. If you're here stateside, I hope everybody had a great weekend wherever you're at in the world, wherever you're tuning in from 18,100 total plays so far on the podcast across the 74 episodes. Uh, You guys will be hearing this on Sunday, but I am absolutely stoked about that. When I started this way back, uh, actually, in Oct- this coming October is going to be two years uh, that the podcast has been running for. I had no idea we would be where we're at, and I'm absolutely loving it. And I greatly appreciate everybody that supported the channel, that's talked about, that shared the episodes, that's been on the show, that's done all of this stuff. I absolutely love it. I thank you guys. And I'm, I'm looking for more and we're, we're coming for more. We got more events coming. We've got more things going on. So I'm really looking forward to to spending a little bit more time out at the events and uh, and hanging out with you guys. But anyway, with that being said, don't forget, shiny side up.
right, that is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook under Chasing Waypoints, Instagram, Chasing Waypoints underscore official, and, of course, the YouTube under Chasing Waypoints. Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up, and don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week. Bye.